Welcome to The Soul Connection, an exploration of the interconnectivity between our social influencers, physical and emotional well-being, with a spark of spirituality. Please welcome your host, The Soul Doctor, Dr. Christiane Leverts, known as Dr. K. Hi, and welcome to The Soul Connection. This week we have a very honored guest, a retired veteran and gold star mother, personal friend, Susan Price. Welcome to our show. It's such an honor to have you, and thank you so much for your service to our country. Thank you, my friend. I'm honored to be here with you. And you have such an incredibly powerful story, Um, your battle, your legacy, your son. Um, There's so much that you've endured in your life, in your service to this country. I would love it if you could share a bit about your story, your heritage with us. Well, thank you. Um, Well, I'll start out with I am the daughter of a Marine. I am the mother of a fallen American Marine hero. Um, I'm an Army veteran myself, and I come from a long line of veterans who served in every uniform. My great-grandmother was a Gold Star mother, and her youngest son was killed in World War II on Christmas Eve Mm. in um, the English Channel off the SS Leopold, which exploded on Christmas Eve, and she received the telegram that fateful day um, as her family was gathered around, as I received the two Marines at the door and uh, my son's death. So That wasn't on Christmas Eve, was it? Christmas Eve, yeah. That she Same time. It. Well, no, when my son passed, it was the Labor Day uh Two days after Labor, a day after Labor Day, September eighth, two thousand and nine. So we just had the thirteen-year anniversary of my son's passing. Okay. Well, do you want to explain what a gold star mother is to the audience? Yeah, you know, there's times I'll be out at an event and people look at my card and say, "Oh, you're a gold star mother. Congratulations." No, it's not congratulations. A gold star mother or father or sister or brother, husband or wife, it's the club you never want to be a part of, but fate and destiny have aligned us into that group. A gold star mother or father or family member are family members that lost a son or a daughter to war. And they're never coming back. They gave the ultimate sacrifice. First of all, our veterans and our military were part of the less than 1% of our great nation that served in uniform. How tragic is that? Less than 1% of America gives a voice to the 99% of America? But then think about it. During the Revolutionary War, how many were there? There weren't thousands and thousands. There were only hundreds. Mm -hmm. and went up against the crown. That says something, doesn't it? And right now we're living through the days of history repeating themselves. Yes, actually we are. It's amazing. Um, I always tell people, history is probably the most important class that our children should be learning. You know, they spend a lot of time on the sciences and the maths, and um, but not 
everybody's going to end up in a science-based class or a profession or a mathematically um, competent profession. However, the, the practical things of life, and I would include history as a very practical thing of life, uh, they're not taught because as Christians, we both know spiritually we've been told to study our history because everything repeats itself. Well, and Christy, the other thing is um, science. You have a lot of scientists that are not creator-based. They don't believe in the Lord. They don't believe in the creator. And isn't that what this rogue culture is trying to do? Eliminate the God and the moral compass out of our society, out of our households. So that's what we're in the fight of good versus evil. And every single chapter of our life, every way, from our food, our water, our air, the battlefield has been brought to our doorsteps. And it's political in every sense of the way. And, you know, the military-industrial complex has been controlling everything, the corporations. World War II never went away. It went underground. And these people that were tied to Operation Paperclip, they're the they're spawn to control of all these agencies. And they created others through, well, let me tell you, 9-11. That was the beginning of um, all the rogue agencies. And it also created the Iraq, the Iraq and Afghanistan war. So on top of all the fatalities that we had in New York City that day, add the loss of life and tragedies of our veterans from the Iraq and Afghanistan war to that count. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the reason I like talking to you is the fact that you have done your research. You're, you're not, you know, a person who's just jaded because she lost a child, which you have, you know, every reason to be um, upset and hostile about that. And I get that, but you have really gone out of your way to document everything you say and everything you put forward. Well, I just wanted to add that um, being a veteran and coming, my DNA, (laughs) I'm a warrior uh, and my nickname, I'm the, And the circuit is the quantum warrior. But I wanted to say for your listeners, gold star families are not defined by the loss of our family heroes alone. Yet we are redefined by the honor and valor in which they served. And they are our apples. We are the apple tree. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and we have... We follow a moral compass created by the Lord and their commandments. And we're spiritual Christians. We live by example. We don't say one thing and do something else. We walk the walk and we talk the talk. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, it's been a long journey. Um, And I have done a lot of research. I was just um, overwhelmed with needing to know. I've always been a truth seeker. Even in high school, all my friends back then would say, you're so deep, you know, because I've always been one. I've always known who I was, but my role as a mother has been redefined. I don't know how to just be a mother to two daughters. I was a mother to a son and two daughters. 
that little boy that used to pick flowers, marigolds in the backyard and put them in a teacup on my table or take the, the tomatoes, the green tomatoes out of the garden and place them on the windowsill because he saw mama do it. You know, that's the essence of who I am. And, and we have that little story in our head and our heart right down to our soul mm-hmm. with the child that we have. And I have to learn to live physically with that. Mm-hmm. So I'm not hostile. I don't have a mean bone in my body. I'm grateful that I raised an American hero. But it started at home. It started when he was the paper boy as a teenager and cared for the elderly at the end of my street and cared enough that during the times of a blizzard, he'd go and see Mama. I went and they need bread and milk or whatever. Can we go to the grocery store and get? I didn't tell him what to do. He took that upon himself. That's the kind of a leader he was in the military. It just so happened that he was the best of the best, and he ended up at McDill Air Force Base in Tampa, Florida, working at the time from 2004 to 2007 with the powers that be, with those generals and officers that were running the Iraq and Afghanistan war. And with everything in life, there's a set of politics that takes place. And there's certain people that have their own agendas. And today we see it. We see the shadow has moved out. It's right in front of us. And the disclosure's coming. We're waiting. We're ready. But people like myself and you, we've been in the trenches, digging the dirt and building. And we know we because we're the main characters here. We've the Lord's given us this. This is our piece of the puzzle to add to the big picture. We don't know everything, but it's revealed to us. Here's what you see. Here's your job. No, it's not just about your son Aaron that died, mother. Come down into the rabbit hole. I want to show you what's been going on in humanity through Mm -hmm. these different offices and these different people in the military and the government. And, and others out in Big Pharma and media, this is what's going on. We need the love of a mother and the eyes to see into the dark. And that's who I am. And uh, I, I've worked quietly behind the scenes. And yes, I've uh, had to slay some dragons along the way. It wasn't easy. It was not easy. Nothing was easy. Um, my son served the last two years of the Bush administration, and the entire charade of the eight years of the Obama administration. In fact, my son, Aaron, the Marine of 12 years, Marine of the Year twice, uh, was actually hand-selected to be former President George W. Bush's personal attendee at the Republican National Convention in 2004. And then he worked at CENTCOM. He worked in J5 strategic plans and policies as the enlisted aide to a general uh, that worked there. And also worked in J2 uh, intelligence because my son had the highest security clearance a Marine could have. In fact, 
the general at the time when Aaron was there in charge had come up to me several times at his Marine of the Year event for the second time and said, ma'am, would you please talk to your son about going to officer school? We signed off on his paperwork. Well, my son warned me on the way there that day at Bush Gardens, uh, and he said, Mama, please just tell them nicely that my son will decide what's best for him. He's a grown man. And, and I did, and I was rather shocked that they did approach me several times. Uh, so, But Aaron was a mentor, and he, he wanted to stick to his program, not other people's agendas. So, Yeah. And so many times people get caught up with people-pleasing versus staying on their own track and, you know, doing what they've been uh, mandated to do. Well, I'm grateful that my son was a man of God, and he loved the Lord. He he looked forward to going to church, but church is within us. Mm -hmm. And... You know, he was the golden boy. He was the athlete, the quarterback, the good-looking young boy and man. But he was humble, and he knew the Lord, and he knew he wanted to be a part of something greater than himself in life. And I said, son, he said, Mom, I know what I want to do. I, I, I figured it out. And he, he told me this in sophomore year of high school, and I said, what? You know, go to what university? Now, I want to be a Marine just like your father, like my grandfather. I said, well, son, I really want you to think it over. And he said, I'm telling you, mama, that's what I want to do. I'm, Aaron, you could get a scholarship. So now the following year, after junior year, he went on delayed entry program and signed on to the Marines so that when he graduated in the summer, right after uh, high school, that he would leave for Paris Island boot camp. And then after that, uh, his scores, and I don't know what they, how they look into it, who's going to get the top secret security clearance. They know by certain tests that they give to you. But um, my son had asked me in the living room one day after that, Mama, where do you think I'm going to go for my first duty station? And I heard the Holy Spirit tell me Quantico. And I shouted it out. I said, Quantico? I didn't even have a chance to think about it. And he said, wow, really? His eyes got real big because we know a lot of stuff goes on there, Quantico. And uh, sure enough, a few days later, that's where he went. And he was, um, as they take a two, two and a half year process to qualify you for that role, um, he was the commandant of the Marine Corps' driver and worked right there on base as well. And then uh, when he received his top secret security clearance, I actually knew days before he did, and I'll tell you how that happened. And for those of your listeners that don't believe there's a deep state, I'm going to tell you there is, and and, and I live an example of it, but... I was sitting at my table one day, and uh, I was taking care of some things at the table, and my next-door neighbor called me on the phone, and I thought, that's funny. Why didn't she just walk over? And she called and said, Susan, there's a man out front in a black SUV taking pictures of your home and your car in the driveway. 
And I said, what? I got up, I looked out the window, and, you know, you may think, oh, it might just be a realtor. No, because realtors have their big signs on the door. That's a competitive field. They want your business. This was dark, shaded out. So I ran down the back steps and out front, and he was in my driveway close to my car taking a picture of my license plate. And uh, I ran out, and he took off like a bat out of you-know-what. And that was the beginning of it. And a few days later, my son called and said, so I know that there's a link to that. That was just the beginning of all the things to, to happen. But they all started to happen when I, I lived in Tampa. And uh, 2005 is the time frame. And my son was killed in 2009. So there was a few years of some very bizarre activities that took place after 2005, 2006. And I couldn't put my finger on it until after my son had passed. And then I connected those dots. And then I figured that end of the story, which is nefarious, because... The Battle of Ganj Gaul, which was an ambush that was set up, ties, ties to someone in the State Department that sent an ambassador or figure in to the village of Ganj Gaul, which is the gateway to all the trafficking. It sits there right by the border of Pakistan. Gun trafficking, people trafficking, what, what type? All kind, of, everything, any kind of traffic. Drugs. All of it. All of it. Drug, of course, Afghanistan is a drug. But trafficking for the bad guys, because the day my son was killed, isn't it strange that the enemy had more arms than we had? My son was denied air and artillery support. They hmm. were denied it. They have very tiny bits and it it was like a six or seven hour battle, but he was killed after the first two hours. I was on 60 Minutes with this, and we're tied to two Living Medal of Honor recipients, Marine Dakota Meyer and Captain Will Swenson of the Army. He was an Army Ranger. Now, I'm getting ahead of myself, so we got to go back. So my son receives his security clearance, a high one, where he has access of working with the top dogs and good, bad, or indifferent. We didn't know at the time. Today we do. And um, then they sent him to jump school. Now, he's a Marine going to Army jump school because he's going over to Stuttgart, Germany to live. But part of his missions will be in Africa in the Ivory Horn there. So which, you know, they went on rescue missions and training over there. So he was working with SEAL teams and also with the Rangers, jumping out of planes and going out. And I don't even know everything because I'm not allowed to, just the little bit I do know. Um, and he had called me the one night and said, Mama, and I heard the Chinooks going on in the background, and he had two minutes, and he said, I love you, I'm going on a mission. And this was at 2 in the morning. And, um, but I'll be home in two weeks, and please make my lasagna. 
And I said, okay, son. And he said, I'll call you when I'm done with this mission. I love you. And I said, okay. We were very close. You know, my son was one of my best friends. And um, and I was his mentor. And so when after that call, the next day I got on the computer. And we didn't have Google back in uh, in the 200s. What was it, 2003? Yeah, hmm. somewhere around there. Operation Shining Express. They were going to try to burn down our embassy. There was a rescue mission, and the Marines were there to help. So I downloaded all this stuff, and when my son came home weeks later, I made his lasagna and all his goodies, and I had the paperwork laying out right next to it. Didn't say a word, you know. And he's going to take a big helping of his lasagna and he sees the paperwork and he says, Oh my gosh, mama, where'd you get this? And I said, hey, I found it. And he said, off that phone call. And when I said, I can't tell you where I'm going, but it's very hot. That's all I needed to know. He was going to Africa and I dug and I found it back then. The BBC was the only one, one of the only sources putting stuff out. We didn't have online resources today. So that was the beginning of everything. And he grew into that man and more seasoned and knowledge. So he learned then how things work as far as if you call in for air and artillery support and all that. So, um, and he told me, he says, Mama, you could find the needle in the haystack. You just know things. You just know. And I said, well, you know, and I wanted to tell you because this is where you come in. I said, Aaron, we inherit certain traits, family uh, traits. And in our family, we have a long line of warriors and service that memory cell was embedded into me, and you're my child. Of course, I pick up on it. You know what I'm talking about as far as that goes. And so a mother, as you know, we're tied to our children in life and in death. There's no separation. I can, I'm speaking from experience because I've been tragically credentialed into this Gold Star Club. And I try to make the best of it because I have two daughters and I have beautiful grandchildren and uh, my mission and wellness and uh, being an advocate in health and attending various veteran functions, which I'll get into in a bit. But as a mother, it's my role in this life to protect my children, even though they're adults. I do not want my grandchildren inheriting this legacy. Right. So, when my grandchildren grow up and say, Nana, what did you do to protect us? I will say, children, I have blood and skin in the game, and I've done everything within my human power to protect you. So getting back to Aaron, um, after all that, and he uh, served overseas, then they sent him stateside. And he calls me on the phone and he says, Mama, guess where I'm going to be in a few months? And I said, hmm, I'm not sure. I'm going to Tampa, Florida to work at McDill Air Force Base. And I said, wow, that's exciting. 
And he says, yeah, I just might get a house with a palm tree in the front yard, but I don't know yet. And I said, don't make plans, Aaron, because as you know, in the military, we're influenced by the new people we meet. And we're not supposed to be tied down because every few years you travel and you have another duty station. And he was a lifer. So he said, but I'm going to work at McDill Air Force Base and I'm the enlisted aide for a brigadier general there that's coming from Iraq. I said, oh, okay. So when he gets there and he's telling me, you know, yeah, I met this guy and nobody likes him. He's a bad dude, mama. He's a bad dude. And I said, all right, well, you know, you can only tell me so much. I get it. But then a few months later, after Aaron was living and working and and this guy was right under the George W. Bush administration. In fact, it was former President Bush that signed off on him or however they do it, where they uh, say, I'd like to put this general, and I'm not going to say his name, uh, for Deputy State Department under, the, under Madeleine Albright. Well, we all know, well, she just passed away not too long ago. She was a communist. And this this particular brigadier general that nobody liked, and now we know why, went to work for her in 2008. So my son was supposed to work for this gentleman, and I lose, use the term loosely, from 2004 to 2006. But after a series of events unfolded against him, he... Um, put in his transfer to J2 and work with the director of intelligence at Central Command. So apparently, and when I was visiting my son the year before I moved here to Florida, my son confided in me and he said, Mama, I'm going to to online college at St. Leo's to work on my master's degree. And as it is, I have my hands full at work because I have a high profile job with this general and um, this guy and he said I'm so frustrated I only get three hours sleep every night this guy is um, having he took he took without my consent uh, having packages sent to my apartment and then ordering me to deliver them at three in the morning to his home in Tampa And he says, when I get home from work, sometimes it's 8 o'clock at night, and then I have to do my studies. And then this guy wants me to be at his house at 3 in the morning with with whatever's in the packages. I don't know. How can I make this stop? And I said, well, you're a man of God. Pray about it. Take care of it, Aaron. You'll know. God will tell you the right thing. So a couple weeks later, my son says, Mama, I broke my lease, and um, that fits that. I'm moving out and put my stuff in storage and staying with a friend for a while. And uh, this guy sent me off to Africa and back to Iraq to pick up his uniforms, and I told him it was abuse of taxpayer dollars that he did this. And I also told him that he was unethical and I take no place in anything he had going on outside of 
Satcom. And he got mad, and I actually had him sign off on my transfer over to J2 from J5. Now, this is something I want you to think about. J5 is strategic plans and policies. That means whoever works in that office has the knowing and the knowledge, the power to know what's going on in every war zone, in every capacity, and the policies there. That's the first hint, okay? The mm -hmm. second one is, this guy set my son up, and my son unknowingly, knowing that this guy came from Iraq, um, and do we all recall what happened in Iraq during that war when uh, innocent Iraqis were uh, made to sit in the jail and they were taken, their clothes were removed from them, mm -hmm. and they had do dog collars put on their necks and inhumanly treated? Allegedly, this guy is known as one of the brain child behind that, okay? So God only knows what's in those packages at that time. Was that evidence? I don't know. I'm just a mother that's pretty darn good at connecting the dots. But my son didn't know this at the time. I think he figured it out. And he put this guy on, on notice that whatever you got going on, you're unethical, sir, and I won't have any part of it. His fate was sealed, but I believe it was sealed even before that because these people are, they don't have a conscience and um, they use people unknowingly. Look at all those doctors and scientists that were killed working on the vaccines and whatever. They're just the best in their field of research and being a doctor with their knowledge. And my son was one of the best in his field. And they, they use them and abuse them. So anyhow, you know, um, and these people serve their platter up cold and they love it because it just, they know where you are because these are dynasties of military industrial complex. I'm going to say it because they are. They're family members for generations. And no, they don't just go away and they don't just retire. It doesn't work that way. If they're running paramilitary groups and contractors, they're making six figures off of this company, that company. Money's their God. They don't worship the same Lord and Creator we do. We don't understand it because we're good. They're evil. Mm -hmm. That's just the bottom line. Yeah. And so... Um, we're going to put that on the back burner, that information. And so, and just, they always know where you are because when you go in and you're a Marine, you're always going to serve. The Marines are the first to go in. So if you're going to battle, Pentagon and the DOD know where you are because of your social security number and they have to order ammunition. They have to order food. They always know where you're at. So, they follow you. And then, you know, in this case, injustice was maneuvered through. But as a mother and who I am, I'm a woman of God. I have eyes to see in the dark, these things. I didn't want to, 
but it's part of my mission in this life as a truth seeker. And so my house was broken into uh, before my son was killed. I was, my car, I was shot at on the way to work um, the year before my son was killed. I've had a lot of incidences. One day after work, I come home, shower, I'm on the couch, and I put the television on to relax. And I see the red dot on my wall, <laughs> the sight. Wow. It's a, this is pretty serious stuff uh, that I've endured. Um, used all my savings to um, have to move and, and start and move again. And through the years for justice to travel and find out and do eyewitness testimonies. And it's, it's, it's taken... Um, over 13 years of my life away, but the Lord transformed me into a powerhouse of knowledge, meeting people such as yourself and the friendships that money can't buy. And, um, but these are the things I had to be in, unstable in those environments so that I could come back and be stable one day. And now is the time I'm building alliances. People, we're all sharing our stories. Mm -hmm. our out and we're not crazy we've gone through the biggest hardships that you you can't even imagine and why would you because that's not normal we trust we're trusting people where our government's not supposed to treat us this way and do this to our children mm -hmm. so you know i've had cyber attacks on the computer stopped and followed by the DOD uh, in person, so much so that I wrote their license plate down and then they sped off and, and uh, I called my friends who were police officers and they're like, Susan, what's going on? Why are the DOD following you around? Department of Defense. And so every couple of months I'd have more clues. Well, who does that? Someone of power does that, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm just a mother. My son would never divulge any secrets to me. Never. And so you were going to ask me something, and uh, I didn't want to step on you. Oh, no, that, yeah, your, your story <laughs> is so powerful. These are just tidbits of what was leading up to the grand finale. My mm -hmm. car three separate times was towed from in front of my home. I mean, how does towed? that towed, towed away where the truck pulls up and takes your car and my car was paid for. I mean, how does that happen? I had no tickets or anything. I just trying to be a mother, a live a quiet life, you know, mm -hmm. but, and because of the two medal of honor recipients, getting a lot of attention, and I'm the mother of a fallen hero for four straight years. After this tragedy struck in 2009, I was constantly out there. So, and we weren't invited. Our families were not invited to the first Medal of Honor recipients, um, Medal of Honor ceremony. But the second Medal of Honor, Captain Will Swenson, when we... Uh, when Obama, and I hate to use the word president in front of him because 
that's neither here nor there now, but um, when he signed off on those merit citations, not once, but twice, they disappeared off his desk. I don't, I don't know how that happened, but uh, Congressman Duncan Hunter of California went into the fight and he wanted to find out how are we going to get Captain Swenson, a former Army Ranger and an American hero himself, he needs his Medal of Honor so that these families could have some measure of healing. And uh, so I called him up on the phone and because every day I followed little cookie crumbs of what was going on. And I called uh, Congressman Duncan Hunter up and said, sir, how can I help you? And he said, well, ma'am, you know, we need this and that, and um, we can't get it for five to seven years, the paperwork. I said, oh, well, I'm the one that furnished the paperwork, the investigation report to uh, 60 Minutes. I'll send you a copy, and I have the roster, and I have all this other stuff. I'll send it to you overnight. Just let me know tomorrow that you received it. And he did, and 13 months later, Captain Will Swenson received his Medal of Honor. Our families were invited for the three-day celebration, and he was with us every second of that three days together, and we honored him, and he honored our sons, you know. Mm -hmm. and, and he told me, Ms. Price, they know who you are at the DOD and the Pentagon. So, and, I, and he didn't even know what I had been through. But he had been following me through the news as I was following him. And, uh, yeah, but well, there's, there seems to be two different militaries going on, as you have, um, yeah, kind of highlighted here yeah. that there was a group that was liked and a group that was not liked. Yeah. And, uh, if you want to explain that a little bit to people, because I, I really believe that, you know, you've now kind of gotten into your stride. You've fallen into uh, the veteran community that loves you, the patriot community that loves you. Um, as we discussed beforehand, you actually endorsed President Trump nine months before he was elected right here in Tampa, correct? Yes, I did, and I was honored to speak on his stage in front of hundreds of veterans, and um, it was such an honor. And, and you know, the funny thing about it, I received the phone call on my son's birthday, February 5th, and to ask if I could speak a week later, and I said, absolutely. If that's not the power of God, how God works, all these signs, you know, mm -hmm. And I've worked on um, our governor's campaign and President Trump's campaign and um, Colonel Mike McAllister, who is running for agriculture commissioner, which, by the way, is a very important office because our arms are connected to that. Our food and our guns are connected to the agriculture. Yeah. Wow. wow. Yeah. That's a very good point to make. Yes. Our amendment rights and basically the, the ability to sustain ourselves. Exactly.
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. The Soul Connection with Dr. K host a forum of expert guests that showcase popular topics that can impact the soul. Weekly, Our Soul Doctor connects with authors, medical professionals, and leaders that share expertise and testimonials. Check out our growing community on site at soulconnectionusa.com. Tune in to Feed the Soul Live every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time, or listen on your time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey Alexa! Hey Google! Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. Planning for college? Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation for tips, techniques, and insider perspectives. Hosted by Elizabeth Heaton, a former admissions officer at the University of Pennsylvania, and featuring her fellow admissions and college finance experts from Bright Horizons College Coach. The show shares what colleges are really looking for and how to highlight your hard-won achievements for the best chance at success. New episodes air every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to The Soul Connection. If you would like to call in during the show, call us at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to soulconnectionusa at protonmail.com. And now, back to this week's show. So, just briefly getting back to the, the two military um, talk. There are a lot of people who don't understand the, the whole dynasty regime and uh, the fact that in order for dynasties to, or elites or the, the, the two tiered cultures, um, they're very small and we're very large, but in order to maintain us, there has to be a lot of confusion, chaos, strife, infighting, and um, and that's what we're really seeing playing out in families. Um, there has to be as much confusion and chaos as possible for a little group of people to control a big group of people. Amen. Yeah. And, you know, America really needs to wake up. When I was in Germany, I went and toured the concentration camps. And one of the things that really absolutely stunned me was the fact that they said, that only 111 officers total were deployed in that camp that housed thousands of people. And they ruled by um, chaos. They ruled by brutality and fear. And, 
you know, that's what evil does. Yes. That's how it works. And I'll tell you, so getting back to my son's the battle, they were being attacked at the outpost the day before. And the day before is very crucial, the 7th of uh, September, 2009. Because besides my son being attacked and, and explosives were set off and one of the uh, Afghans were killed, and uh, my son took shrapnel in his right forearm. Dakota Meyer was out fighting with um, uh, First Lieutenant Johnson, Michael Johnson. And uh, my son was in the hooch with the Afghanistan going over. He was intel, too. So he was going over some facts about the next day when they were being sent into the Valley of Death, the Kunar province of Afghanistan. Mm -hmm. And um, that day, my house was broken into. And, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was really. And then somebody from the State Department uh, sent in to meet with the village elders to find out how much money they wanted and needed to build their mosques and sewer systems. So the day before my son was killed, there was talk of money for these tribal leaders who sided with the Taliban and always will because they're part of that element. So the next day when my son and his men walked into the village, and let me tell you, reports were coming in of how many uh, Taliban were in the area, up in the mountain area. But did that intelligence reports make its way to my son and his 13-man Marine team, where my son was the first Marine in? No, it didn't. Evidence. And they were told that they would have air support and artillery support, whatever they needed. They were promised. It's in the investigation report. I have it. Mm. 500 pages. You know, half of it's Army, half of it's Marines. But a lot of it is redacted, too. And so my son walked into that village at 5.20, 5.30 a.m. with his men, blinking lights, people were leaving. Uh, all the citizens were told to leave the village because there's going to be a firefight. And it started the second they walked in. They were ambushed. They were set up. And nobody can tell me that it's not a coincidence that someone from the State Department the day before, if you're going in to make an agreement with the village elders, shouldn't it be to protect your Marines and your military forces? And and how did these um, how did these tribal members and Afghans and Taliban how did they get their arms? To be more than us, they were out. We were outmanned and outweaponized. They had better weapons than us. Um, let's see. Could it be that that general that my son worked for served up his weaponized his agenda from a few years earlier? He had control. He was an arms dealer. 
First of all, what's a brigadier general in the military doing being an arms dealer and being charged under President Bush and Obama? Today we come full circle. This part of the story's never been told. This is the back story. Mm-hmm. This is the real story. And my son was denied air and artillery support for hours, trusting as he had trusted when he was over in Africa and he had marine pilots. They gave they were there in 15 minutes to rescue him. Why wasn't the NATO forces and, and the Allied forces there for my son? But yet these men that were sitting in the tactical operation command, the air-conditioned uh, TOC, why didn't they um, call for air and artillery support when my son was in his battle rattle in 125 degrees fighting with every bullet? that he had, that he was only allowed to walk in and carry because their voices, they were loose ends. They were too much knowledge that he knew. And they, someone in the Tactical Operation Command turned down the frequency of the airwaves so my son and his men couldn't be heard. Hmm. How does that happen? And why were they asked who's on your roster when they're fighting bullets? And even Captain Swenson, the Medal of Honor, said, when I'm on a battlefield fighting for our lives, why am I being questioned who's on our roster? And is this call for the Marines or the Army? America, we have problems, and it started even before this. Mm-hmm. Just a microcosm of what the bad military does to the good military. But to answer that question, America is waking up. And I've always known it. But I'm here in my job in the past 13 years just as a mother, and I don't get paid for the things I do. I've waken up thousands of people. I've been on radio shows and doing my speeches, whatever I can. If one person hears it, how do you know that person's going to wake up a thousand people? Mm-hmm. That's true. Works. And these people are the dynasty and the legacy of Operation Paperclip, but some form or shape. Yes, they are. They're military and they're political. And these corporations, uh, Lockheed Martin, Raytheon, they're the powerhouses. Um, they're, this is satanic. What we've been, these men were sacrificed. This feeds into that whole agenda. Yes, and your son's death certificate says what? It reads homicide. There we go. And is that normal? Yeah, he has homicide on his death certificate. That's um, not normal, though, for. not. And out of 100 to 150 Taliban, he was shot in the right cheekbone that severed his spinal cord. Um, excuse me, but is that something that the Taliban wear in their long robes and slippers hanging off a cliff? I didn't know they were such expert shooters. To me, that paints a picture of a contractor. Yeah. And everybody I've talked to. 
professionals all say the same thing. In fact, they're the ones that told me years ago because I was a mother so deep in my trauma um, of this happening um, and my son calling for help, calling for help. But let me tell you another, the one of the, the earth-shaking uh, details of this. My son and his men made it safely to the Horseshoe Valley, and they were right there. They were all pegged in, and one way out was for the airlift, air support. When there were two Chinooks there to rescue them, a call came in from high command, not in the military uh, battleground, but CENTCOM over the airwaves, and I won't say this officer's name or general's name, but he's one of the, one of the bad ones. And he said to call the, uh, the air support off, clear the airfield, clear the airfield. They had my son and his men in position and walked away. And my son could have been rescued that day. And on 60 Minutes, when they were interviewed, Dakota Meyer was interviewed, and the um, inspector that, that wrote the 15-6 put together, he was asked, do you think that they would have made it out? And he said, Probably so. And I've personally spoken with all the pilots. These guys woke up in terror for years after this happened because they heard my son and his Marine screams for help and heard them with their last bullets being pumped into them while they were denied air and artillery support. Hmm. Yeah. And this is just one story of the microcosm. And let, to go one stage further, these are all connected to, these bad military are connected to the Biden administration. And it's the same area in Afghanistan that those 13 Marines were killed. Someone again that knew all the terrain and, and, and the politics. And it didn't help that there were two sets of um, restrictions on, on Americans over there. This was just um, a satanic festival of sacrifice by evil, using good men like my son and changing the dynamics of America. One life matters. Every life matters. Absolutely. I'm not bitter, Christy. I'm not bitter. I am all about obtaining justice. I'm a woman of God, and I will have my justice. You will. Yeah. I, I really believe it's coming. It's coming very soon. Um, these cowards can't hide from what they've done to people like you. They've terrorized you personally for years and years and years, even, even after suffering such a trauma. Yeah. You know, and it, this is not what our country's about. Well, biblically, it does say that innocent blood cries from the ground for justice, and I believe the time is now. 
And uh, I thank you so much for sharing your time. Your story is so moving. Um, I, every time I hear you talk about your son, I'm like, oh, man, you know, I, I love him, too. <laughs> and I wasn't even privileged to meet him. He enlisted in the Marine Corps because he wanted to be a part of something greater than himself. Well, and I believe he still will. So thank you so much, sister. And I will see you soon. I think think it's October 9th. I'll be joining you on your show over at the Patriot Party Network. And um, I wish you the best in that endeavor. So... Um, I, I pray it's a great success and you give many, many people voices. And if there are people you need to send over here and I can introduce them to a, a, another listening audience, I'd be happy to. So God bless you. Thank you all. You have a wonderful day. You too. God bless. Thank you again for tuning in to The Soul Connection. We can be found at soulconnectionusa.com with our developing community. Please join us again every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until our next show, find new ways this week and every week to make your own Soul Connections.